I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just, just watched The, the Empty, Empty Man. Man. You gotta try it. Try what? Calling The Empty Man. The Empty Man. On the first night, you hear him. And on the second night, you see him. And on the third night? Well, on the third night, he finds you. want to call it the bye-bye man i do too (laughs) i think it's a very unfortunately named titled movie in my humble opinion kia you chose this one i did tell us about it this is a synopsis from imdb it says on the trail of a missing girl an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity fair enough why did you pick this for our podcast Because I kept seeing it, like, on streaming things, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I thought it was probably kind of like the Bye Bye Man and probably not that great and probably silly. So once again, why did you pick this? (laughs) And so then I started seeing articles that basically said how great the movie was and it was kind of like a sleeper hit and like a, you know, and the best cosmic horror film in a decade. If I had seen that, I might have second, I might not have picked it because I don't like cosmic horror because it. Because as soon as I saw that, I was like, you're going to have to explain this movie to me. <laughs> what? Um, I mean, so that's so, why I picked it. Cause so you movie. hadn't seen it before? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. Well, like, I, I, I might even drop it in, but you can, you can pinpoint the moment of my disappointment when you picked this movie <laughs> last episode. Um, but it's on HBO Max, and it has a good Rotten Tomato score, and it's called The Empty Man. Have you seen it? Nope. Good. Yeah, no, you haven't seen it. No. Yay! Is this like uh, this? This the title reminds me of something like Bye Bye Man. Is it something like it that? Has a, it has a seventy seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, okay. which is pretty good for yeah, a horror yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. When you're like the Empty Man, I was like, like the Bye Bye Man. Like, like you just you hear my <laughs> See, like that's disgust. What I thought, you know, and it's really not right. right? It's, it's way different. I would imagine. I haven't seen the Bye Bye Man. I've seen bits I'm and pieces of it. I think the Bye Bye Man is, maybe, is like but, a fun movie, like a Final Destination type. Like a silly, movie. yeah. yeah throwaway thing but this is obviously deeper which i knew it was gonna be when i saw cosmic horror and i was like oh crap because whenever i've read a novel that's cosmic horror it's always lovecraftian and it's always confusing Mm. it's like new age stuff yeah it gets into like esoteric (laughs) kind of philosophical type ideas uh jeff why don't you kick us off how'd you feel about this one well, I have to say, I'm relieved that you hadn't seen it before, because I was like, oh. how am I going to tell Kia that I didn't love this movie? Oh. <laughs> you should have just, just been like, oh, I saw that. It's not uh, great, but let's do it. Well, no, I hadn't. I didn't see it before Thursday. I saw it, I watched it on oh, Thursday okay, okay. for the first time, and I was like, when the title of the movie came up, I was like, that's just the intro? It's <laughs> like, this is going to be so long. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't love it, but did it you a, hate it? I wouldn't say I hated it. There's definitely like parts of it, like particularly the most exciting part of the movie is towards kind of towards the end. But then it, uh, where he like sneaks onto their property and he sees them doing some kind of ritual around a bonfire. I was like, oh, this is getting interesting. And then as soon as he gets away from him, spoiler, he gets away from him. But. Uh, <laughs> After that, it goes back to me just 
checking my watch. Oh, no. Not a watch, but I get my phone. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I thought the most interesting part was the beginning because I knew the, the movie was about a cop that was investi- or an ex-cop that was investigating something. So when it opens with these people in, I don't know, Bhutan is where they are in a, the snowy mountains. And I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Um, so I like the I liked the beginning. I liked the introduction of the how what is he the the skeleton almost thing. like the old god or whatever right yeah I mm. guess that's what that was supposed to be but um or maybe some, I don't know but I thought he was really really creepy like if you're just on vacation and you fall into a hole and you see that it's just like it's terrifying no I I thought the first twenty minutes was solid yeah. I, and, and I was excited when, when that was playing out I was like oh this is not where I thought this movie was going to be I, I purposely didn't look up anything about it because I was trying to give it the benefit of the doubt and those first twenty minutes I was like we are in for something really interesting and then it shifted <laughs> completely what? I can tell you my uh, when I was like I'm out. What was <laughs> what were your moments when you guys were like, I'm out? I think it was when the title came up and I realized, <laughs> like, this is not what this movie is. Mm. And then, not that I was even out at that point. I just thought, like, I felt like it was almost like the movie's resetting now. And now we got to, like, be introduced to new characters and a new thing's going to start. And I was just like, um, what? Because I was like, Craig, I didn't watch any trailers or read anything about it or anything. I just went in cold. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember like any specific scene or anything where I was just like, "I'm not into this." But did you, it was. Did you like the opening? Yeah, the opening was fine. Okay. In fact, I thought like, "Oh, this is gonna be cool. They're gonna be like stuck in this snowy cabin, and this thing's gonna be like kind of picking them off one by one." But that's not at all what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what was your moment? Uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> There's a device in this movie, and they do it in the prologue, and then, or is it prelogue? What would it be called? Prologue, right? They do it in the opening, and then also in the body of the actual movie, where they say day one, day two. Oh. And I think when day two hit, and I was like, hold on, this is only day two? (laughs) (laughs) In the the body of the actual movie, I was like, oh. Like, I had that moment, that sinking, like, like, we're, there's at least another day of this. (laughs) And it took them this long to get through day one. Because I had lost track of time. I movie, that too. movie language kind of makes you feel like more time is going by than what really is. Well, let's let's. Well, I guess let me, we we've all kind of given our general feeling, right? Yeah. Do you well, want to open it up to that, sure. or is there anything else you want to say before we get into? I want to answer my own question about my point when I checked out. Oh. And that was when, as much as I really love Stephen Root. That was when he was giving his speech, because th- that was when I was like, this is a cosmic new age BS that is usually over my head, and I'm not interested in it. <laughs> you know the child's game. If you say your name enough times, it becomes gibberish. That holds true for whole concepts, even entire bodies of thought. For example, take, take Nietzsche's old line. If you stare into an abyss, it also stares into you, right? Well, (laughs) that has been rendered meaningless through repetition. It's a refrigerator magnet. It's cliche. It's harmless. But when was the last time you really thought about that? What is an abyss? And if you stare into it, why? 
I'm like, reality is not reality. But that's when you become, I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so complicated. Also, I saw Steven Root's name in the, in the, at the beginning of the movie or whatever. And I was like, oh, Steven Root's in this. Awesome. <laughs> and then I forgot he was in it until he showed up. And I was like, we're, out, we're already like an hour and a half into the movie. And I was like, Steven Root's just now showing up. <laughs> this movie it's, moves at like a snail's pace. <laughs> hmm. um, and then also at one point, the main character, the whatever, I forget his name, but uh, it is James. Yeah, James. James. He uh, has a real name, huh? Lasombra. He's, he's talking to somebody. And he, they start saying some new agey stuff to him. He's like, "Hey, I grew up in San Francisco," oh, yeah. and it's almost like he improv that. And the director was like, "That's good. Uh, say that again four more times," <laughs> you know, because like he kept. Yeah. Well, maybe four times. I think he said it three times. You know, it's, it's yeah, a motif almost. Yeah. yeah. And by the like the last time he did it, I was like, "Yeah, we got it, dude." Like, but <laughs> when it's revealed, when the thing is revealed, the it ties in a little bit. It ties in when he sees this, you know. Yeah. Then you kind of see where it's been like, I don't know, almost maybe ingrained in his mind by other people. Well, yeah. before we get way too into that stuff, I did want to say like I did a, just a bare bones research on this thing, and apparently it was the last movie Fox did. Before Disney bought them out completely, oh, wow. so this is like the Hail Mary, and I think that's also why there's minimal editing in this. Oh. Like there's so much that probably should have been cut out if they were going to release it theatrically. Mm-hmm. But when Disney acquired it, I don't think anyone really was like concerned about releasing this thing theatrically yeah. or making it. They were basically just cutting their losses, and they'll throw it up on on demand and streaming and, it, I think and stuff it hit like right that. When the pandemic came out, you're too, totally so correct. Also. Yeah. So, yeah. so this thing, I, I kind of feel like if, if a studio really was backing it and wanting it to be successful, they would have said, you got to cut easy 20 minutes out of this thing right. to make it a little bit more tight and concise and everything. It apparently has like a cult following. That's kind of why I was interested because I kind of wrote it off as being like, oh, this silly horror movie. And I was like, oh, people really like it. I want to check it out. But I should have known better because people like Midsommar. Although I did like this better <laughs> than Midsommar. So... Do you guys want to just go ahead and jump in the deep sure. water and yeah. talk about how this thing ends and why it's unique? Sure. Uh, who wants to handle it? Well, I picked it, so I'll handle it. Okay. So. It Hard o- to do. <laughs> <laughs> so just get, getting to the gist of it, there is uh, uh, there's this thing that's called the empty man and there's this cult, right? Mm-hmm where they believe that there's this ancient god somewhere that is able to transmit his thoughts into what they call the empty man, right? Kind of. He's like a transmitter, right? Yes. And so at the beginning of the prologue, one of the people hiking ends up being the vessel that gets chosen to be the empty man, Mm -hmm. basically. But he's human, and his human body can't take it. So then this cult sets out to make the empty man hmm. through their mind. They manifest. <laughs> they a, manifest. A flesh and blood person. A 42-year-old man. <laughs> and that, so that I kind of already spoiled it. But that's the big reveal, is that right? Well, you haven't told us who the 42-year-old man is. Oh, it's James Badgedale. He's uh, an just, ex-cop. James LaSombra, LaSombra is his character name. Yeah, He's a, an ex-cop. And the whole... It kind of, the, the premise kind of sets up there's his family friend whose daughter goes missing, and he's, like, trying to find her. And through his adventures and trying to find her, he discovers this empty man cult. Mm-hmm. 
That's pretty succinct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I kind of spoiled it, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think we were kind of ready to yeah. to let the cat out of the bag because that's the only thing that's really the hook of this movie. Because Kia, you were telling me that. Uh, basically reviewers were saying this is one of those movies where people are enjoying watching it a second and third time to kind of pick up on the idea that your protagonist is not a real person yeah, and that he's technically this creation of this cult or whatever. Basically every, it's almost like going back and watching the sixth sense and you realize, Oh, Bruce Willis isn't actually interacting with, what you want to say? Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. Yes, no, you can't, out, like, but years. a young person might be listening to this. That's never seen the sixth okay, sense well, before. Then edit this out. Okay. Um, Just say that there are movies. There are movies, yeah. yes, that when you go back and watch them, certain interactions with people. Like The Sixth Sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are movies that when you go back and watch them, certain interactions with people read differently when you know the ending. So it's just, do you want to sit through a two and a half hour movie again that you didn't like the first time? Yeah. It might be kind of interesting to go back once you kind of know. I mean, for me, it was fine. Just kind of like you were like listing off some of the things that people had pointed out that are rewarding on the second time. Yeah. That was good enough for me. I don't need yeah. to go back. It's cool. I, it's, it's interesting, but it's not, I think even though we're downing this movie so much, I do think when I went back and looked at some of the stuff the director put into the movie or the writers or whoever it is, I think this movie is well done, even mm-hmm. though it might not be my cup of tea, just like little things, because there's this, this girl that he's trying to find. I think her name is Amanda. I think. Um, it is Amanda Qual. So she's one of the cult people, and according to her, she's part of the, the 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 group that was able to manifest this man into existence. So basically, everyone he interacts with, they kind of cause those people to interact with him too, right? Well, I, th- I think in manifesting this guy, it's kind of it's fully formed enough where it kind of works its magic on people he interacts with, yeah. like in the moment. But then when he's separated from them, they probably kind of forget him. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of an intangible. But I thought one interesting thing was when I went back and read an article about it. They said how this girl he's trying to find, because I guess she can do something with her mind. She can kind of make herself disappear to him at least. So where he doesn't notice her. So like when he goes to this institute where Stephen Root is and he's giving this speech to all these followers... She's like there in the room apparently several times, mm. but the viewer I don't think really notices her because why would we? We're not looking for her, and obviously the man, the character that it is looking for her, doesn't even notice her because she has made it so that he doesn't. You know, so yeah. I just think that's interesting. It's a there's multiple levels to this movie, even if it's not the best movie to well, me. How about you, Jeff? How did the revelation work for you? Um. It's very underwhelming for me. <laughs> yeah. Like when it, they had the big reveal at the end, then I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I wasn't like blown away, like, oh my gosh, you mean he was not a real person this whole time? He was just like, it, it was just sort of like, all right. I feel very similar to Jeff because, and I think in fairness, if you were a younger person and maybe you hadn't seen as many movies as we have as being a little bit more mature this would be a pretty big punch out moment. You know what I mean? If I was like 17, 18 years old, I could totally see being like, holy shit, like in it being a big deal. But let's face it, we've seen so many movies with similar ideas. Um, Again, I don't want to spoil movies uh, for someone, but I I feel like I've seen this, a version of this several times, Mm -hmm. especially in my formative years. 
So to me, it also was a little bit underwhelming and also a little bit, it felt a little bit like a character waking up and saying it was all a dream. It felt kind of like that feeling for yeah. me in a way too, where it was like, so we watched this guy for two hours and now you're telling us that it kind of was fake in a way, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it kind of was for nothing in, in a yeah. narrative sense. It's just a build up for a trick ending kind of, you yeah. know. There are also some things I didn't understand because there's a group of kids at the when the when the real movie kicks in. Um, well, they're they're the friends of this girl he's looking for, and she gets them to do the whole empty man thing where you you blow into a bottle and you think of the empty man and then he appears or whatever. And they do that, and so once it's revealed that she's part of this cult and blah blah blah, it makes sense that she's trying to get her friends to do this so that I don't know honestly why she's trying to do it because at that point he's already been manifested. So why does she need her friends to do it? Well, actually that's kind of a flashback, isn't it? When, cause yeah. it's after she's missing and then he's and it cuts back. Cause yeah. Cause he talks to the girl in the car. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. You're right. So when she's on the bridge with her friends, mm-hmm. he's, he, he might not exist yet. Cause he's only, cause yeah. she said he was born the day of his birthday. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even exist yet on the like right. on the bridge. Huh. And there's also things that I kind of feel like, you know, depending on your interpretation, kind of betray the narrative because it's basically telling you things because it's a movie. You know what I mean? Sort of. And he's not there. And if you're kind of experiencing like this empty vessel being formed and that's the movie, then there's several scenes that kind of don't make sense to be stuck in it. But it's a movie and it has mm-hmm. to give you, you know, cool moments I mean, that whole bridge sequence with the teenagers and the bottles, to me, that's for their trailer. Like, that, that's almost, like, literally for them to be able to advertise this yeah. to a standard-issue audience, you yeah. know? And I, and I think we watched the trailer afterwards, and it was super heavily featured. Um, like, the scene in the sauna with a young person that gets attacked by the empty man, yeah. that was very out-of-a-bye-bye-man style movie. Like, you know, but I think it was there for that, you know, to kind of yeah. be able to use for that purpose. Um and it, I guess to kind of give us the idea that there's some kind of outside threat that could a- attack the protagonist when there isn't one. He is the titular character. So I do wonder on the on that bridge. So all the group of friends that were on that bridge, except for Amanda, they kill themselves. Although it's made to look like they leave a message. It's like the empty man made me do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. They kill themselves. I was kind of confused by that because the girl that kills herself in the sauna, she seems to be scared. Something's chasing her, blah, blah, blah. But the other group, they kind of seem to be okay. They, like, you know, sit outside with their legs crossed, all looking weird and strange. Mm-hmm. Like, they're into it. So I just don't understand why you would have your friend summon the empty man just to then make themselves kill. It seems like you, you would have more followers if you didn't kill them. I kind of got, I kinda got are confused they, with that. Are they, like, willing participants, or did they kind of come under some kind of influence? Because when they're on the bridge, they seem like they're more just kind of, like, goofing off. And then after that experience, that's when they're kind of, they almost seem like they're in a trance or something. That's true. Because on the bridge, they weren't really, they were scared and not really into it. That's true. I think Amanda is setting them up, basically. She's a member of this cult and she's basically, they're trying to siphon in on a potential vessel. And they they say in dialogue later that it's like once in every 500 years, they find a human with that potential. Because in the prologue, you see the the man that gets taken over by the vessel or becomes the vessel rather he has like mental health issues he's you know had suicide attempts and stuff like that and apparently that's 
like that kind of depression is something that helps make that person a good vessel for this being for some reason. And that's why they give our protagonist all this baggage that's very emotional and everything that we see play out, you know, very dramatically through the movie. It turns Um, out to not be real at all. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, here's one bone I'll throw. If you try to get inside the head of this character, it is kind of scary. Like the idea that like maybe you yourself are some kind of manifestation of like you're almost like a fictional being in someone else's story is pretty scary idea. But again, I kind of feel like if I was younger, that would be a lot more impactful than, you know, I feel like I have stared at the abyss enough times (laughs) where it doesn't really freak me out the way that it would, you know, a 15 year old that would be super into this in my humble opinion. That's, you know, and I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it had just kind of been cinched up a bit. Like, shave about a half hour off this movie. 100% like, agree with you. Take a few cuts here and there, and then, you know, just kind of make it flow a little bit better. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm saying that as somebody who's never made a movie and doesn't know <laughs> a, a thing about how to do that myself. But mm-hmm. these are professionals. I feel like, you know. It's a, it's, it's a pretty long movie for <laughs> yeah. a horror movie. Two yeah. hours and 17 minutes. Yeah. I will say, like, after we finished watching the movie... I questioned, like, if they can literally manifest a person, I feel like they could use their powers for good. Like, they could manifest, like, the best president we've ever had. Or they could manifest, you know, great political leaders. But they just manifest, like, a vessel to transmit thoughts from an ancient god about... I don't even know what he's transmitting. What's he talking about? I mean, it, it sounds like they're essentially a religion, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. like a form of their messiah or a yeah. prophet is, is like this thing that can channel. At one point, they describe this idea that the abyss is full of all these different souls and they're from different alternate universes and ancient beings that we have never encountered. And, and you know, so it's like this really, even though we keep talk, talking as though it's one God, it's kind of like this... Uh, patchwork of like all these different beings or whatever. And that's why it's so profound and crazy and scary. It doesn't seem to have manifested in them really doing anything. That's a great point. Good. They just the, kind of they hang just out know of in it. the yeah. woods. And yeah. The... Like now that he's there, like now what? <laughs> I mean, the one kid that gets uh, abducted from the cult and they kind of beat him up, the protagonist beats him up and everything, and, you know, he's mm-hmm. kind of pumping him for information. He kind of implies that they're a death cults and that they're trying to bring on some sort of apocalypse so maybe having the siphon helps them bring up bring about you know uh, the end of this horrible world or something i don't know this has absolutely nothing to do with the storyline but when they you first see that amanda character on screen immediately i was like she looks just like the girl from pulp fiction uh that was amanda Plummer. no uh in um, the Bruce Willis parts, like Bruce Willis's oh, girlfriend, remember she has haircut. like the same haircut and yeah. everything. Oh, wow. I was like, I could see that. That's uh, <laughs> not a haircut you see very often. Uh. <laughs> do, do you remember his last name in this? I've got something the, for you, what? James James Lasombra. Lasombra. Lasombra yeah. means something. What does it mean? Well, I know this because I'm a huge nerd. The somber. I don't know. <laughs> and I used to play Vampire the Masquerade back in the day. And there was a clan of vampires called the La Sombra. Oh. And it means 
either in Latin or Spanish. I've forgotten which one. It means shadow. So ooh la la, he's oh, he's, he's not even shadow. real. He's just some shadow empty um, man. James There's also the so deep. The name of the school is also named after someone that I don't know. There's some philosophical something called like deconstruction. I don't know. Anyway, they named <laughs> Good. it after gold. Him. Gold. I mean, I love it's just so complicated. We're all exhausted from it. We're just like, I don't know. What I was like, why do I pick these complicated? I should just pick the Bye Bye Man because that's easier to talk about. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, I, I will say those first 20 minutes, I was like, man, Kia really knows how to pick. She always picks these <laughs> yeah. like really weird off the beaten path, crazy movies. And I, I will it, say that's, that, that's true. It's still crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like that first 20 minutes, I almost feel like it's worth watching those 20 minutes and just going, OK, that was the, the whole thing. Like that, it was some crazy, you know, spooky thing that happened in the wilderness. Because, yeah. um, I mean, the way that punches out before the credit empty man comes up yeah. was pretty intense. I was like, I did not expect that. I did not expect, yeah. you know, what happened to these four characters, you know. That could be like, like a an, short film or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or like an episode of creep show or yeah, something exactly. well, and the uh, the director his name is david Pryor. Uh, i looked him up and basically his only credits are as a producer on like dvd extras like so he does all the like you know behind the scenes of benjamin button like that type of thing so i guess this was like his shot and it kind of yeah. sucks for him that he had a pretty big idea and then got really no support for it like it wasn't yeah. released the appropriate way uh, I, although i guess in fairness, he got to do whatever the hell he wanted because obviously no one came in and told him you got to cut out 15 minutes because we want to put this in theaters, yeah. you know what I mean, and have it play X amount of times a day and all that stuff. He wasn't worried about that. So yeah. It would be interesting to know how many people have seen it streaming since it has like a following. Well, shout out to one of our listeners, by the way, um, Anson. Uh, he, he's a longtime listener and friend of ours. Uh, he was the one that alerted me that it left HBO Max because he was like, I know you guys are about ready to listen to this or, you know, talk about it for the podcast. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's leaving. It's, you know, it's leaving uh, in September or whatever. And I was like, damn it. You know, it's like our one shot to see it, you know, kind of for free, uh, scrupulously. So it's funny because the movie that I there was a movie I was going to do pick for the podcast like months ago. And I was like, it's not on any streaming thing. I'm going to wait. And then. Last I checked, I was going to pick it for today, but who knows by the time we watch it, it could <laughs> yeah. be gone again, but we'll see. You know, we kind of go in ups and downs where sometimes we're doing it once a month and sometimes, you know, it'll be every other month, yeah. you know, it's, we're kind of breezy. You just never know. That's Easy why it's like from now on, that's not one of my criteria. Pro- yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to be like, I'm pick what I want and then. We'll figure it out. That's what I've <laughs> Hell always, with the rest of you. I mean, I've always told Kia that too. Is like, I, th- I feel like we should pick something that we're interested in, or you know, and not worry about availability so much. Yeah. I mean, because you never know. Somebody might be might be listening to this like five years from now. One hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I feel like I encounter that every now and then. Someone that's catching up, or you know, yeah. so it's it's kind of not that big of a deal. And I also like back to that movie. Is that the director? You say this is his first movie. Like for a first movie. You know, well done. I mean, I mean for sure. You know, but uh, first time director. He's pretty seasoned in uh, terms of he's been around a while yeah. for you know I mean, as a filmmaker. But even just though not, the story could have been cleaned up, maybe and 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 reduced, I think it looked good. Yeah, the acting was good. I thought. Yeah, you said it was based on a comic book too, right, Kia? 
loosely. You know, like Boom Studios Boom or Studios, something? Yeah. yeah, which I didn't realize they did movies because mm. they're the studio that currently does the Buffy comics. Cool. Let's grade it. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll give it... I'm going to give it a C minus. I think that's good. I'll give it a C minus. You know, I was, I was going to say D, but may, you know, I'll go C minus too. Oh, nice. C minus straight across. I tell you what, if this was 20 minutes shorter, <laughs> it might, it might have legit been like a B. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it was just, it just drags a little too much to really sign off on it as a big <laughs> recommendation. Um, I do think if you like cosmic horror and stuff, though, this yeah. totally, you know, go for it. And if nothing else, watch the first 20 yeah. minutes. I do, I do legit recommend the first 20 minutes. I think yeah. you, you know. And that one scene where he goes and sees them uh, around the, the, the campfire. Oh, the, yeah. the campfire, the bonfire thing. When, when, when he does ritual. the deep investigation of the cult on yeah. their grounds, it is, it is pretty slick for a couple minutes there. That, was, but, that was the one part where I kind of perked up like, oh, something's happening. <laughs> and then, yeah. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just reviewed The Empty, Empty Man. man. Bye-bye, man. <laughs> it is time once again for... So, we are in the middle of October. Spooky season, full effect. I decided we'd do a little... Uh, little Halloweeny trivia in the form of Vincent Price. That's right. Vincent Price trivia. I've got 10 Vincent questions. Vincent Price trivia. That's my terrible impression. <laughs> do, do it again. Do it again for us. Vincent Price trivia. <laughs> All right. Don't forget you got to say say your name to buzz in. Yes. Just making sure everyone's abreast before we get started. And if Two points if you can guess it, and one point if you need multiple choice answers. Correct. Sounds good. Vincent Price trivia. Number one, how many times was Vincent Price married? Kia. Yes. Five. Incorrect. Jeff. Six. Six. Incorrect. No. I'm sorry I didn't let you do the whole joke. Was he Uh, never married? Three. Oh. Three times. Number two. This is a very spooky question. Where did Price go to college? He got his undergraduate degree where? Is this a spooky question? No, I was joking because oh. it's very generic. Oh. MTSU. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have an answer. Uh, choices, please. A, Harvard, B, St. Louis University, C, Yale, D, he didn't go to college. He didn't go to college. Incorrect. St. Louis something or other? Incorrect. He went to Yale. Oh, yeah. He was a Yale man. He uh, graduated Yale University with a degree in English and a minor in art history. Number three. What was the name of Vincent Price's short-lived cooking show from 1971? This is real. 
Last Slice week. and dice with Vincent Price. Ooh, amazing. That's good. <laughs> That's not good? Incorrect. No. I almost feel like you should get it because you came up with a much more clever... Choices. Yes. A, cooking price-wise. B, Vinny's delights. C, Vincent Price, colon, a world of culinary delights. D, the price of food. The world of culinary delights. Incorrect. It was A, cooking price-wise. Oh, that's like the worst one. Mm. Cooking price-wise? That's Is it I mean, like a budget cooking show? Jeff should go back in time and pitch his. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then it would like still be on. There'd be Welcome someone else. to Slice and Dice with Vincent Price. I'm Vincent Price. <laughs> Today we're going to be cooking veal. I don't know. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It only lasted six weeks, by the way. So it's wow. very short. <laughs> Number four. Price shares his birthday with what other horror film legend? Kia. Yes. Peter Cushing. Incorrect. Damn it. Christopher Lee. That is correct. Man. They were both, oh, excuse me, both born May 27th. I feel like I've heard that before. That's like the first question that I've mm. like vaguely think I've heard the answer to before. Because I think I read somewhere they were, they were like good friends because yeah, they that, shared a birthday. Mm. And I think later in life, all, Cushing as well, like they all kind of became pretty pretty close or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, number five. What role did Price play in the 1960s Batman series? <sighs> Jeff. Yes. Egghead. Excellent. Oh, man. That's How correct. I know that? Six. Vincent Price inspired the look of what Marvel Comics character? Jeff. Kia. Uh, Jeff. Doctor Strange. That is correct. That was going to be my guess, too. Damn it! But I didn't guess. I knew it. <laughs> do you know, do you know, uh, do you know Stephen Strange's middle name? Vincent. Vincent. You got it. Was that? Was no that, points. No. Oh. Uh, yes, Damn Steve it. Ditko was inspired by The Raven, which came out the same year as Doctor Strange. Price collaborated with which musician in the 1970s? Before Thriller. 1970s musician. Vincent Price. Would anyone like options? <laughs> sure. A. David Bowie. B. Alice Cooper. C. Diana Ross. D. Elton John. Kia. Yes. Alice Cooper. That is correct. Yeah. Before Thriller, Price collaborated with Cooper on 1975's Welcome to My Nightmare. He also appeared in the TV special. Little. Based on the album. Huh. Number eight. Price only released one single as a solo musical artist. What was it? Kia. Yes. Oh, shit. Incorrect. I thought it was going to be a trick question. He's a solo musical artist. Um, the, al what? the album or the song? The song. Is this a single? Oh. So what, what song did um, he do and release it as a single? Um, Monster Mash. Boom, you got it. Really? Yeah, that is correct. 
He did a nineteen seventy seven Monster Mash. Well, he did a cover in nineteen seventy seven. It's his only single as a musician. I, I had a Thriller, the extended price rap. Swan Lake featuring Vincent Price and Staying Alive cover. I was going to say Thriller, then I was like, oh, that's not a solo. Mm. I thought it was going to be a trick question. All right. Number nine. Vincent Price played what Universal Monster? This is official, actually, in the Universal Monster line. Kia. Yes. I don't know. Um, Hunchback. (laughs) <laughs> Incorrect. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Six foot four hunchback. <laughs> they can have back problems, too. That's true. Options. A, Dracula. There's only so many monsters. B, the Wolfman. <laughs> C, Phantom of the Opera. D, the Invisible Man. Oh, Invisible Man. That is correct. In uh, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. He also played him in The Invisible Man Returns from 1940. So he was reprising the role for Abbott and Costello. Game over, man. Game over. Number 10, worth 26 points. What was reportedly the last film Price saw in the theater? He died in 1992. Jeff. Yes. Wayne's World. (laughs) Incorrect. He died in 1992. Correct. Free Willy. Incorrect. It was Aladdin. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, hmm. yeah. good movie. He um, he's kind of he's he has like a Jafar 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 thing. Going oh, I can on. see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Both maybe an appearance modeled, and the voice. Maybe they a modeled bit. Jafar after. It's a price. May have influenced it a little bit. Well, Kia lost. Jeff won. Seven to three. Congratulations to Jeff. The Vincent Price King. Yeah. Oh, I, thought you, you, I thought you were going to do a little... You just let me win for my birthday. <laughs> my birthday was yesterday. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to... Happy belated birthday. I thought you were going to give us a little Vincent Price as we left. Oh, uh, Congratulations, Vincent. Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful program. I'll take this trophy home with me and cherish it for the rest of my days. Vincent, you're already dead, and Jeff won the prize. Oh, and what am I doing here? <laughs> This is Vincent Price, and you're listening to the Half-Assed Horror Cast. It's terribly spooky. All right, we like to end every episode of the Half-Assed Horror Cast with a segment called What's Making Us Scared, in which us, the Half-Assed Horror Cast kids, share with you, the listener, something that's making us excited about the horror genre, or a myriad of emotions. Who would like to start? I will. Okay. I will start. My thing that's making me scared is a magazine called Scary Monsters. It's a quarterly. And right now I'm holding the fall 2022 issue. It's about horror host. And on the cover we have Joe Bob Briggs and Sven Gulli and Vampira. And inside they talk about 
every horror host you could possibly think of. There's like a actual like at least mini article about them. So it's it's really interesting going through and just learning about all these regional hosts and all these different eras. And they they even uh, have a pretty big spread for Dr. Gangrene, our local horror host in the Nashville area. So it's very cool. it's uh, spoiler. This is a all magazines now are like prestige format basically, so they're always expensive. Um, it's fifteen bucks, which is if you're old like me, that's crazy for a magazine. But I mean, it's a lot of content, and it only comes out every season basically. So I think it's worth the investment. Check it out, Scary Monsters. Is it full color or is it one of those it, no, black and white ones? It's black and white, like old school. Oh. But it's really well done. Yeah. I mean, it's not like chintzy. It's like loaded with photos and interviews. and. I recently got a, a magazine, the Remind magazine. Oh, yeah. It's got the monsters on the cover. That's a good one. It, uh, but it's like that's like black and white, but it's got, I don't know, it's a fun magazine. Just I'm, tagging on to that one. Who's you next? Can, you can get... Oh. You can get Dr. Gangrene to sign it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go ahead and go, since mine's, mine's real quick. And it's just shameless self-promotion. October 22nd in Nashville, Tennessee, I've got a table at the Spooky Ghoul Fest 3. It's going to be at uh, Vinyl Tap in East Nashville. <laughs> and it's from, like, I want to say it's, like, 2 o'clock. In the afternoon till 8 o'clock p.m. And there's going to be bands playing and stuff. So if you're in the area, come on out and buy a bunch of stuff from me. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, this is your chance to meet Jeff from the Half-Ass Horrorcast in the flesh. What? October 22nd, East Nashville, Vinyl Tap. Be there. Is Vinyl Tap a, like a record store? Yeah, it's a record store and a bar. Oh, like never a, heard of that. Mine are movie um, thoughts. Um, one, there's <laughs> not rec- recommendations, just movies thoughts. are making me scared. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There's a movie called Significant Other, which I can't recommend because I haven't seen it. Oh, this is like your notorious That's thing. That's why I'm not recommending it. I'm just bringing it to your attention. It's on Paramount Plus, and it has, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Maika Monroe or Maika Monroe. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Oh, the yeah. girl from Micah, the, I think maybe. Micah. The lady from It Follows and, um, oh gosh, what's the The Watcher, one? I think the is Watcher. what it's called. Yeah. And um, your favorite. Independence, Independence Day Resurgence. What? No. No, there's another one. There is the, another one. The Guest. Oh, The Guest, of course. <laughs> of course. I knew there was some movie. Of course, I thought the you were guest. being, like, gosh. joking. Like, <laughs> so, don't forget she was in this awesome movie. She's yeah. one of those people that whenever I see her in a movie, I'm interested in the movie because I like her, so... And it has like a 70-something percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is pretty good for a horror movie. What did the uh, Empty Man have? Like 70-something. Oh. I don't know. See what I did there? Okay. <laughs> but Significant Other isn't cosmic horror. I think it's about a couple that goes on a vacation and then chaos ensues. The, uh, just real, I'm sorry to derail you, but Empty Man also, I think the audience score was like 33%. Because <laughs> I'm sure there were a ton of people that were like, oh, this would be like the Bye Bye Man. A lot of jump scares. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. And then they were just like, what? You know. Yes. Anyway. So anyway, Significant Other and Paramount Plus. Um, the other day we watched Mr. Harrigan's Phone on Netflix. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Which is based on a Stephen King novella starring Donald Sutherland and the boy from, uh, he's in, I think he's in Better Watch Out and he's It and It. He's definitely in It. Yeah. Um, he's been like 
some other uh, Midnight. No, what is that movie with Michael Shannon? Oh, Midnight Special. Midnight Special. Mm. Really good actor. I just can't think of his name right now. But it's really good. It kind of got like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. It wasn't well received for whatever reason. But maybe because it's not really, it's advertised as horror, but it's not really horror, I don't think. But it's, I think it's really good. And I think Donald Sutherland is amazing in it. And I can't recommend it because I haven't seen it. So this is just a thought on it. I'm not recommending it. It's just yeah. what's making me scared is the bad reception that it got. And that's my best friend's exorcism. Because oh, I yeah. know I talk this book up because the book is amazing. And I was so excited when it was going to be a movie. And then it came out and people have kind of been like, yeah. So I was kind of disappointed because I think it deserves uh, better stuff behind it better people better i don't know it what, deserves better even grady hendrix the writer of the novel or whatever when he was like promoting it on social media like one of his first tweets was like you know the movie version of my book is kind of like your kid goes off to college and when they come home they have all these like new tattoos and piercings <laughs> and you don't quite recognize them but you know it's the oh. same thing so like i think that was his diplomatic way of saying that they changed quite a bit but yeah. I can tell, you know, they still use the bulk of it or whatever. But there is some comment that I saw where um, I forgot what it was in reference to, but they they basically said whenever there's a movie based on a book, there should be someone that's hired to just basically whenever the director is like, I have a thought to just slap him with the book. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should do because the book is, oh my God, the book is so good. So if you don't watch the movie, you should definitely check out the book because um, it's really good. I'll eventually watch the movie, but that's just making me scared. Just I was very excited about it, so kind of no, disappointed. I remember, but yeah. I might see it and love it. I don't know. But anyway, Stay so that's tuned. all. Jeff, I think it's your turn to pick the next episode. Yeah. It's one I've been hanging on to for a while, but don't get your hopes up because it's probably not going to be <laughs> something amazing. Have you seen it before? Yes, but it's okay. uh, been a while. It's, I thought it would be a fun one. I think I told Craig about it already. Why am I dragging this out so much? Because I forgot the name. The Faculty. Oh, oh of yeah. course. Who? Yeah, I saw the movie theater. I did too. Oh, that's going to be right up my alley. Anything 90s teen is right up my alley. Yeah. So yeah, that's fun. Star-studded cast. Yeah. Usher Raymond, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next time, 1996s. Nope. 98. Is it really that late? Yeah, because I was working at the movie theater. When it You're came right, out. and it's with Halloween H2O yeah. pretty close to 1998's The Faculty. We don't need no education. From director Robert Rodriguez. Starring, no, I'm just joking. A lot of people. Next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Jeff and Kia, for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks. And Vincent Price. Yes, thank you for having me as a special guest on your podcast. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Dana Gould would, like, stab his eardrums out and be like, Ah, this guy's terrible! <laughs> thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com.
I don't know, honestly, why she's trying to do it. Because at that point, he's already been manifested. So why does she need her friends to do it? Well, actually, that's kind of a flashback, isn't it? Because yeah. it's after she's missing, and then he's and it cuts back. Because, yeah, because he talks to the girl in the car. Mm-hmm. You're right. So when she's on the bridge with her friends, mm-hmm. he's, he, he might not exist yet. Because yeah. she said he was born the day of his birthday. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even exist yet on the like right. on the bridge. Oh. And there's also things that I kind of feel like, you know, depending on your interpretation, kind of betray the narrative. But- 